That's a lady with lots of gift. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Beautiful singing. And now let's have the benediction. I know some of you would be loving to have the benediction now so we can go home. Amen. Amen? You've been here a long time, Sister Sonia. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Today we are going to talk about disciples. And I hope you had a blessed week. Amen. Amen. We, we read this scripture, Matthew 28. And I gave the scripture to Sister Kennedy, and I didn't give her verse 20. I gave her 18, to 18 and 19 and, and neglected to give her 20. 20 is a very important part of this passage. We'll touch on it as we go a little bit into the, the, the sermon today. Disciples is a one-word title, and I've been wrestling with the title. I've seen many different titles, and I, I just couldn't settle on one. So I said, well, disciple covers a whole lot there, right? So I can, I can go either way. How about that? Flexibility. that right, Elder Ernest? <laughs> Flexibility. When you're preaching, you like some flexibility, not tie down to, this, to, the, to the title. But you, do you know what a disciple is, or who a disciple is? If you know, let me see your hand. If, you're, if you know who a disciple is. Who is a disciple? A follower of Jesus. What, what, what's, the, what's the new word for disciple today? Missionary could be one. Christian. And, and it's important for us to know that because sometimes we believe that being a disciple is some special achievement. Well, it's special because we accept Jesus Christ, but it doesn't mean you are distinguished above others who are baptized. The Bible tells us right there in Matthew 28, if, you, if you're baptized, then you become a disciple, Right? He says, go preach and make disciples and baptize them and teach them. So if you're baptized today, let me see your hand if you're baptized. Praise the Lord, you're baptized. Then you are a disciple, you're a Christian, you are a follower of Jesus Christ. I just want to let that kind of settle in so we understand where we're going with this. So you're a Christian, you're a disciple. I wanted to know... Where I fell in the equation of the disciples, which one would I be more like? So I decided to go online to see if there's a survey. You know, there's a survey for everything online. There's a, who, who are you likely to be like disciples survey? So I took the survey. And I was hoping I wouldn't be Judas. <laughs> and then my result came back. And I was Matthew. <laughs> and like, I didn't like that answer too much. So I found me another survey. 
And this survey came back as Judas. <laughs> so I discarded the second survey. I'm going to stick with Matthew. <laughs> I'm going to stick with Matthew. But if you, if you have a thought, which one would you be? I know some of you would prefer to be. Some of you know who you are already. Some of you are doubting Thomas. You're doubting Thomas just straight up. Some of you are Peter. Can't keep your mouth shut for nothing. It's just the truth, right? Peter could not keep his mouth shut. Every time, bam, 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 bam. He's going to fire off. And John, some of you would love to be John, don't you? Yeah, why, why, why would you love to be John? He was the beloved disciple. He, he, if you notice in the book of John, he talks about love. And you go to first John, and he's talking about love. He's a, he's a guy about love. And he loved Jesus. And Jesus loved him. Today, we are not going to be talking about the 12 disciples. We're going to be talking about us today. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your grace and your mercies. Thank you that you have given us Jesus Christ as the perfect example, our Savior, our Lord. And as we open your word today, may your spirit lead and guide us and draw us closer to you. In Jesus' name, amen. So let us turn to the book of Matthew, chapter 28, and we read it earlier, and we're going to read it again just for clarification or emphasis. Chapter 28, Matthew 18, chapter 18, verse 18 of 28, and Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Let me see your hand if you have a King James Bible, King James Version of the Bible. King James Version, okay? New King James Version, all right? New King James is taking over, slowly but surely. So if you go to verse 19, you'll see it says, Go therefore, in the New King James I'm reading from, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. That is a promise. Jesus gives us a command, but he also gives us a promise. Today, I'm going to be we're going to be focusing on the commission. This is a commission that Jesus gives to his disciples. Initially, 12, and by extension, all of us. Right? He called his 12, and he said, go make disciples. And if we are disciples, we are commissioned just like they were. He said, go make disciples. And so today we have the same commission that they were commissioned to do, to go and make disciples. So one, 
one thing we need to get clear is if we are a disciple of Jesus, we have a responsibility to make disciples. No exceptions. No exceptions. If we're disciples, then we are commissioned to go and make disciples. Now, for some of us, that's really troubling. I'm not a preacher. I'm not a teacher. I'm not anything worth even trying to tell anybody about Jesus. Is that true? That is not true. And we can, I'm going to give some scripture to back that up. I like the word of God to speak for itself, don't you? Do you remember? Let me just say this. God will provide the ability. God will provide the courage. God will provide the power. And God will provide the wisdom to win souls for the kingdom of God. Will he? You remember Moses in Exodus 4 verse 12? Told, he told God, I can't speak. I can't speak. And God, what did God say? Let's turn to Exodus real quickly. Exodus chapter 4, re really quick. Do you have it? No? Exodus 4 verse 12. No Bible leaves a turning. What did it say? Now therefore, go, and I will be with your mouth, and teach you what you shall say. All right? So we have no excuse if we're saying, I don't know what to say, what God is promising here. I will, I will put word in your mouth and teach you what to say. So that is no excuse. Excuse, that's one X off. You can't use that one. <laughs> next, next excuse. I don't have the courage. I don't have the courage. God is going to provide the courage. Let's turn to Judges chapter 6, verses 12 and 16. Judges chapter 6, verses 12 and 16. Who has it? Amen, you have it? Read it. Judges chapter 6, 12 and 16. And go ahead. Go to 16, verse 16. Who is going to be with him? And Jesus promises right in the commission. What he promised? Lo, I am with you. Always. Even to the end of the age. So just in case you thought it was just for Peter, James, John, and all the 11 disciples, he said, to the end of the age. So it includes us. 
is for us today. All right? Next one, he will provide the power. The power. Where do we find that? Acts chapter 1, verse 8. And you shall receive power. When the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you shall be what? Witness in Garland, in Rollet, in Rockwall, in Wiley, in Allen, wherever you go to the end of the world. Who is going to provide the power? God is going to provide the power. And in case you lack wisdom, James say, if you, if you lack wisdom, James chapter 1 verse 5, he said, if you lack wisdom, ask of who? And what he is going to do? He will supply it. Do we have all we need to do what, God, what Jesus asked us to do? No excuses, right? No excuses. I, 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 I love... I love statistics, and I was doing research on the population of Garland. What's the population of Garland? Who want to take a guess? Population of Garland? 500,000, 200, more than 2,000, much more, 300,000. It's 200, approximately 240,000 is the population of Garland. That, would you say that's a lot of people? That's a lot of people. And I, it puzzles me that we, if we count all of the members of just the Seventh-day Adventist Church in Garland, Castellita Church, our church, the Spanish church, the Ghanaian church, we are still short of 2,000. We're below 2,000. Now, let me see your hand if you're good at math. Let me see your hand if you're good at math. Okay, I would like you to give me the ratio before this service is over. Thank you. The ratio, 240,000 divided by 2,000. That's less than 1%. Do we have a work to do? Do we have a work to do? Yes, we do. And that's not even counting Rowlett, Rockwall. That's just Garland. We have a work to do. Do you agree? We have a work to do. This is for the children. If you're under the age of 16. If you're under the age of 16 and you have not gone fishing, let me see your hand. If you're under the age of 16 and you have never been fishing, never been fishing, let me see your hand. Hold your hand up. Be proud of it. You've never been fishing. It's not a, it's not a bad thing. Okay, let me see. One, two, three, four, four. Brother Henry? Men's ministry has a job to do. To take these, these children who have never gone fishing and show them how to fish for real fish. How about that, Brother Henry? Is that a challenge? Amen. By the way, commercial break. Men, men, 
this, the last Wednesday of this month, you have a mandate to meet here. Please, you're going to be treated. You'll hear more about it, but please come out the last Wednesday of this month, right here at 7 o'clock. Oh, 6 o'clock? After 6 o'clock. Anytime after 6 o'clock, but before 9. <laughs> All right, that's your commercial break. As I, was, as I was preparing for this sermon, I've been, I've been thinking about how many times we've been going to seminars about winning souls. And how many seminars have been held about winning souls. And all the books that have been written about winning souls. It seems as if we have all the information about winning souls. But it's as if a fisherman who have all the information, watch all the videos of all the things how to fish, but never go out to the water to fish. How exactly is he going to catch a fish? Well, <laughs> we, we are commissioned to go. Not to wait for people to come, but to go. So why are we not going? What is the problem? Why are we not going? Uh, you know, ask yourself, why are we not going? And this going can be in many different ways, by the way. There is no one formula for going. The going means you could be at your workplace doing the going, in your neighborhood doing the going, but we need to go and do what? Go and do what? Make disciples. Share the good news. Uh, we, we know this very familiar quotation that Jesus' method alone. You know that quotation? Jesus' method alone is the method that we need. Except we come up with all these other methods. Trying to come up with all these fancy methods. When Jesus already laid the method, giving it to, to Ellen White, and it was written down the method that Jesus used. But we want to come up with some new method. So we, we don't need any more method, any more seminars. We need to have a seminar to just go. <laughs> How about that? A seminar to just go. Not, not sit down. But we're going to go. You know, there is a, there, the, 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 the GYC, I like the GYC program. Whenever they meet, they don't just meet to have a meeting. They meet to impact the city that they're meeting. They go to, to neighborhoods and they, they work the neighborhood and have priors and do all those things to get people to know of Jesus' love. And so we, 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 are, we, we don't need any more sermons about our seminars about going fishing or going therefore. In the wake of the Jesus movement, 
the church growth movement, the house church movement, the large church movement, the small church movement, the urban church movement, the suburban church movement, practical, pragmatic, and prosperity church movement. We have been left with the missional church movement. Yet it seems that Jesus' mandate to go and make disciples is still missing. Because today we come to church primarily to be entertained. It is that. Primarily to be entertained. Oh, who is preaching today? And we want to know who is preaching. Because if it's not my favorite preacher, then I'm going to go somewhere else. We don't have that mission driven to win souls for the kingdom. To lead others to Jesus. We are too comfortable trying to be entertained. Entertainment is taking over the church. As I conclude, let, let's go to the passage again and take another look at Matthew chapter 28. How many went out this morning to do a prayer walk? Prayer walk this morning? Two? Three? Wow. Something is wrong. That was a go win. That was a go. Missed the boat. Matthew says, Go therefore and make disciples in 28 verse 19. Make disciples of all nations. This command, as I mentioned, is for every, every Christian. We believe, as we believe that God has called the Seventh-day Adventist Church to preach a special message. Do you believe that? To call attention to the mostly forgotten truths that are part of the gospel. Jesus gave the commission to preach the gospel. But unfortunately today, some are preaching the gospel with some missing pieces. And we are commissioned. Revelation chapter 14 gives us a commission to go and to highlight some of those things. Especially when it comes to the Sabbath, Christ's ministry in the heavenly sanctuary, man's holistic nature, the state of the dead, health reform, and other truths which we believe, which are part of that which we, the three angels' message. Our message is not just for non-Christians. Do you agree? Do you agree? The message that we have been given is not just for non-Christians. Today we have a movement in the church with this word that says the unchurched the unchurched that's not our message 
Our message is not for the unchurched. Our message is for those who are not following the thus saith the Lord. Amen? Whether they're going to church or not, if they're not following the thus saith the Lord, the message is for them. To give the message, to let them know that God expects us to be obedient to him. Amen? A man tied his boat against the lake. During the winter months, we're heading to winter now, don't you see? <laughs> Sister Faith, I'm glad someone likes this cold weather. It's not me. But in the winter month, he tied up his boat. His boat was there. And he noticed that the ice drifted and the boat was loose. So he went out to go and secure his boat. He got into the boat. And before you know it, the boat started drifting away. And he was in the boat and the boat was drifting away. And he had no paddle. He had no engine. He had no way of getting back to the shore. Fortunately for him, a neighbor spotted what was happening. The neighbor ran, grabbed some rope, ran to some other neighbors, told them to get rope, and they ran to the, the next bridge that he, they knew this, this boat was going to pass under that bridge. And they all ran to the bridge. And when they saw him coming, he told them, let the ropes down. And they all let their ropes down. And there was, unfortunately, if they did not do that, there was a waterfall. He would not have survived. But because they let their ropes down, he was able to grab onto a rope and was rescued. One man would not have been able to rescue him because his rope was not wide enough. But because all of the ropes made somewhat of a net, he was able to hold on to one that was in the path. What is the message for you today? We all need to grab our ropes and go out to rescue. Amen? Grab all ropes, go out to the rescue. We know that there are many souls that are dying out there without knowing Jesus Christ. And we need to go and rescue the perishing. Care for the dying. Jesus is merciful. Jesus will save. Are you glad to be saved today? That should be motivation for us to go out and try to rescue others. Tell them to get into this ark of safety, the church, before it's too late. I can challenge all of us, including myself, to be on fire, to be revived. We don't need a revivalist. 
to be revived for Jesus Christ is when we go out to rescue the perishing. When we see people who need Jesus and we show them the way and they come to know Jesus, there's no greater joy. Jesus said, there is joy in heaven, rejoicing in heaven. Over what? Over one sinner. And so we know that today we are grateful to have Brother Terrence. He came here and he gave his heart to Jesus. And he wants to, he wants to be a part of, of, of going out there. He's doing it already. He's doing it already. Thank you, Brother Terrence. You know, but we need especially, especially men. Hello? Men. You are needed. You're needed today and always. As I close, I, I, I will give you this little joke, and then I'll sit down. <laughs> there was a wife and husband in church, and the husband fell asleep. And the preacher said, wake him up. And the wife said, you wake him up. You put him to sleep. for the words 367 367 367 here we go we're good to go Rescue the perishing, care for the dying, snatch them in pity from sin and the grave. Weep over everyone, lift up the fallen, tell them of Jesus the mighty to serve. Rescue the perishing, care for the dying. Jesus is merciful, Jesus will serve. Red thy me sin, still he is waiting, waiting the penitent child to rescue. Plead with the man asleep, plead with them gently, he will forgive if they only believe. Rescue the perishing, care for the dying. Jesus is merciful, Jesus will soon. Rescue the perishing, duty demanding. Strength for thy labor, thy Lord will provide. Back to the narrow way, patiently win them. 
Tell them the poor and the Savior is done. Rescue the perishing, care for the dying. Jesus is merciful. Jesus will serve. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your grace and your mercies. We thank you that we have been called to be your disciples, to go out and to tell others of what you have done for us. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for Jesus Christ, our Savior, our Lord, our soon coming King. Give us the urgency of the time to tell others that he is soon to come. Thank you for your grace. Grant us your traveling mercies as we depart from your house, but never from your presence. May your grace be upon us, be with the remainder of the day, the prayer and fasting session that will continue on. May it continue to lift up your name and praise you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Please be seated.